Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the leftist podcast dedicated to the reevaluation of your favorite crappy films. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And we have a truly barbaric um, spectacle to discuss tonight. Yes, uh, this is the pulptastic... Well, you know, actually, it's really not that pulptastic. I wish it was more pulptastic. No. <laughs> um, we have the uh, middlingly pulpy uh, Conan the Barbarian from 2011, folks. Yeah, it's like the 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 new metal version of pulp. Yeah, it's that's, true. It is the, the, the corn of pulp. <laughs> yes, it's the corn. This is the corn of pulp movies. Yeah, all the um, R's in Barbarian are backwards. <laughs> yes. And like the second B is capitalized, but not the first one. Right. Yep. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. So this film was directed by Mark Nispel. Um, you know him. You love him. Just kidding. No one knows him. Uh, he he basically just does remakes for the most part. Um, yeah. And music videos. Like that's really it. I guess that kind of furthers the the new metal comparison that we had going. Um, yes. But yeah, Actually, and, I don't know who he did it, music <laughs> videos for, but I bet he did Corn. I'm never gonna look it up. I don't care. But. <laughs> course that's the right attitude um but yeah in addition to a bevy of music videos he's done um the 03 chainsaw massacre remake the 07 pathfinder movie um which is about uh native americans versus vikings he also did the 09 friday the 13th um adaptation which had the rorschach guy playing freddy uh you're thinking of Oh, a different fucking... series entirely. <laughs> you know what, dude? It's all the same bullshit. It's all the same. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street. Street of yeah, he did not yeah. do that one. Um, although we should probably, we could probably do all of these remakes. Um, but sure. I don't know. I think we'd bash our heads against a wall eventually. Um, yeah. Like so many heads are bashed against walls and floors in this movie. Are they? I can't even remember. I... <laughs> There's a fair number of kills that are like people's heads getting dashed against hard surfaces oh i can think of at least in the um the op- one of the opening fight sequences mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah he bashes that one like weird somewhat native american guy's head against like a log yeah that's right yeah. but yeah this is the um the remake the, the more recent um version of of the story conan um which i have a soft i have a soft spot for the source material um definitely problematic to be sure i i plan on um elaborating a little bit in our uh patron only bonus episode um coming out for another conan property that uh some of you might be interested in um if you pay up Um, (laughs) bonus episode yeah but suffice suffice to say for now that uh the conan material is um it's dated for sure it's it's weird and it's of its time but um Robert E. Howard, uh, the guy who created Conan the Barbarian, is a skilled pulpy writer. Um, he, God, there's some like, there are a lot of Conan shorts. I want to say there's somewhere between like 30 and 50 of them. Damn. He was just like churning them, churning them out. Um, of course, he was a, a soft mama boy um, who lived in Texas and who is good friends with um, other noted racist luminary um, H.P. Lovecraft. Never heard of him. Uh, no. Yeah. The, <laughs> The Cthulhu guy, for those who aren't in the know. What? Um, yeah. Yeah, that guy. I think there's a few... Yeah, there's definitely a few adaptations of Lovecraft films. Um, some that are more, like, beloved, but some, like, 
that people don't care about like people love reanimator um right right um there was also that one um i think dagon it was called yeah dagon it's the same director as reanimator actually oh damn (laughs) Stuart gordon i think his name is yeah lovecraft fetish yeah yeah i think he did um but yeah i i feel like there's there's a few more that we could perhaps do on the podcast i don't know there's that one that's coming out um uh, the nick cage one that's based on one about a asteroid the color the color out of space yes yeah yes i think by all accounts it's supposed to be good though um so mm-hmm. i we, we can't do that one but uh i'm looking forward to that one so yeah oh yeah me too i, I do want to see that and um I, I guess on like the hierarchy of um of pulp writers like the 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 horrifically and quaintly racist and like insane incel mama boy uh pulp writers um lovecraft has better and crazier ideas he he was definitely like truly out there imagination um but i do think howard was the better uh prose writer he um a lot of the, a lot of the conan stories like i think they hold up pretty well especially if you're into like D or like um or uh jack vance or any any other like kind of pulpy sword sword and sorcery stuff um you would get a lot out of the original conan stories um which you won't find any of that goodness here in this movie. No, no. Um, quick side note, though. Didn't he also write the Solomon Kane books? Have you ever read any of those? Yes. Yeah. No. No. Um, he he also invented Call the Conqueror, who is basically Conan. No different. Right. Yeah. The um, Kevin Sorbo movie <laughs> based on <yeah>. that. <laughs> Call the Conqueror is a poor man's Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not to be um, confused with the film uh, Crow uh starring yes, Liam Neeson is. and other people I can't remember from the 80s is that the thing with the five the glaive spikes? yes the it glaive is indeed thrown? yeah <laughs> jesus um that movie but yeah, rocks, Solomon Kane but uh Solomon Kane is um Howard's uh I guess Volsell preacher who like runs around and like kills evildoers and shit he's a he's like a Quaker or something yeah there's actually a, a Solomon Kane film I believe it's French maybe English language but French produced um sure. but it was it was well received I thought about doing it for the podcast but um I also didn't want to do more than one property by the same author so that makes sense um but yeah so this film stars um Aquaman himself Jason Momoa as Conan um great yes. casting we'll get more into that of course um, rounding out the cast, we have uh, Leo Howard as young Conan. Um, then we have uh, Rachel Nichols, Stephen Lang, Rose McGowan, Zaid Tagmao, Ron Perlman, Steve O'Donnell, Nanso Anozi, Milton Welsh, and uh, Morgan Freeman as the narrator. Mm-hmm. Uh- <laughs> yes. Um, and I, I was kind of interested when I saw that because in the um, John Milius um conan the narrator is character in that movie too right the wizard yes i thought morgan freeman was going to show up as some kind of wise man or or hermit or wizard character i really thought he'd be at the end yeah yeah i don't know i guess i don't know maybe he was above like their 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 budget really i don't know (laughs) yeah i wouldn't be surprised he he probably like honestly recorded this on audacity like we do and just like (laughs) emailed it to yeah i mean emailed it he didn't it, leave his bedroom. It's like maybe if 50 words, I'd be surprised, yeah. honestly. Yeah. 
He it's actually the first line itself is the same first line as the other two Conan films about between the age of the ocean swallowing Atlantis to the Aryan people, blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah, it's um pretty standard opening in terms of like the Conan stuff. Uh, and a complete break in continuity from the from the original two. Um. This movie did not do well at the box office. It only made um, forty-eight point eight million <laughs> against a budget of ninety million, <laughs> which is uh, fitting, having seen this movie. Yeah, and then what's even more fitting is the tomato meter twenty-five percent and the audience score thirty percent. Uh, <laughs> that's really generous. Yeah, I uh, the the first Conan the the Milius one it isn't high art and um, Milius is a fucking awful fascist who who um john goodman was caricaturing in his portrayal in uh the big lebowski Um, nice i didn't know that Hmm. you didn't know that that that's like such a common film bro thing it makes sense though now that i'm thinking about it like that's how milius like dresses as well it it was yeah yeah, it was literally just john goodman just making fun of him behind Mm. his back which is which is good and, and warranted yeah um he also he considers himself a zen anarchist though Milius. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> so he's which, not a fascist. Checkmate, Lib. I mean, Zen anarchism, especially in like its more militaristic forms in the history of Japan, it, it's not unprecedented in terms of like being a legitimate spiritual um, movement. But it, it it's fascist. Like that. That's what it is. Like, yeah. But I, do you think like he even like meant that? Like, do you think he even no. meant like a historical version of that? Like. <laughs> Um, he means like he thinks samurai are badass. Yeah, I can see that. That's what he means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not surprising. All of which is to say, I I do have fond, uh, I I do have a fondness for that uh, movie, even though it is like as close to being outright ubermensch propaganda that I've ever seen before. It's better than this fucking movie. Like I it mean, is, it is. I watched all three of the Conan movies in a row, and this is definitely yeah. the worst one. And yes, I mean, far. the first one has a scene where Arnold Schwarzenegger Conan has sex with a witch lady and then she turns evil and he throws her into the fire. And I can tell you, mm-hmm. this movie is still worse than that. It's <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's an infamous, uh, that scene sets the mood well and, and matches the tone of the movie that it's in. Um, j- just this one, the editing, the, 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 the frantic pace, the the lack of cohesion, it, it really shines through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the villain's boring. Like, not that the villain's, like, you know, all that great in the other Conan films, but it's, I mean, at least, like, they're played by great. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I like Stephen Lang for sure, but yeah, he's phoning it in this one. I really, like, yeah, I is. don't know what the director was telling him to do in most scenes. Same with Rose McGowan, who plays his daughter in this, uh, the, the antagonist's daughter. I mean, mm-hmm. I just... And also, it's just a problem with the script as well. Like, no one is given anything to work with throughout this whole movie. Yep. Um, I think one of the indicative things um, that really kind of sounded the death knell for this one is they reference a lot of other Conan stories, like... Um, Conan's like first he's a pirate and like his first mate says oh this this young boy was the one that stole the heart of the elephant and that is one of the earliest Conan stories he steals a a jewel called the heart of the elephant oh I gotcha um, okay but but they don't really like depict that they just it's it's just like a reference for like dweeby 
reedy nerds like myself um whereas in in the milius version um like when they when they 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 sneak into the snake cult and and like in in and uh steal all the snake cult uh treasure um that's not like specifically from any one conan story but it's like a amalgamate like an amalgamation of a bunch of different sequence sequences from conan stories and it feels more like a conan story mm-hmm. i will say um the exposition that we see in the first conan movie is um it's terse enough that like it works you know it's very economic um yeah even the beginning like the first scene of the siege on the sumerian village conan's people are the sumerians um you know it's quick it's to the point um and then from there conan uh just you know his first i don't know like let's say 30 years of life basically you know it's like it's just it goes like in a blink of an eye and then it gets into the story um, and it has this kind of mythic quality to it. Um, it also has a great score by uh, Basil Pomodoros. I have no idea what how to say his name. Poda, I don't know, some some Italian bullshit. <laughs> I, that might not even be right. He might not even be Italian. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I would assume you would know how to pronounce it if it wasn't Italian. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's why it's not. Yeah, I don't know it, guys. Just so by... <laughs> By this backward ass logic, we can deduce things I tell you. <laughs> you heard of the smell test? This is the spell test. This is this. <laughs> Although for Italians, it would be the smell test too. Hey, hey, I'm smelling hey, here. Paisan. Um, it looks Greek almost. Basil Polydorus. Yeah, Greek American. Hey, there you I'm go. Good. So yeah, they don't count. Um, oh, and this guy also did the soundtrack for RoboCop. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Free Willy Amazing. in Starship Troopers. Amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, he's an accomplished <laughs> uh, composer, unlike whoever the fuck did the score for this movie. Yeah. Um, what the guy, this guy's last name, Goblin, Nelbog, Nispil. Um, Nispil's like Phil's son, nephew. Oh, that probably. It's like a part-time DJ. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's also surprising this movie uh, was given $90 million. Like, I'm just... I don't know. A lot of that was probably t- uh, taken up in post, honestly, like all the, the amount of like effects that are thrown in there. Yeah. I mean, cause like, they, or just like also into Morgan Freeman, like, no, cause there's no one else in this movie. Yes. Like, I mean, I guess by 2011, Ron Perlman probably would have cost a decent amount to like, you know, employ same with Rose McGowan, but like not Stephen Lang. I mean, Stephen Lang, it's, he's, I mean, his net worth can't be much at this point. He has that avatar clout. He was coming off that from two years before. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's probably the only reason he got hired as the bad guy in this. They're like, yep. oh, you you do, you do bad guys well. Cool. We can name one we other do. movie that you're in. Like, <laughs> We do have a review um, here from realviews.net by um, a reviewer named John Berardinelli. Bar- James um, is his first name. James Berardinelli. Uh, and Berardinelli writes... The 2011 version of Conan the Barbarian looks cheap and feels rushed. The few good elements are dwarfed by a generic, nonsensical plot and shoddy storytelling. The action sequences are adequately choreographed, although the camera work is a little too frenetic and for optimum 3D rendering. The violence is extreme, but in a campy, cartoonish fashion. There's some sex and nudity as well, but that's all window dressing. No camels are punched, however. In fact, I don't think there are any camels in the movie. The screenplay is where Conan the Barbarian stumbles its most mightily. 
For a movie of this sort to work, it needs scope, but there's nothing here for the viewer to latch onto. The characters are lifeless types. There's no emotion or passion. Conan's father dies in front of his eyes, yet we feel nothing. For all its faults, the 1982 version of Conan the Barbarian was operatic in the way it played with emotions, from the butchering of Conan's village to the death of Valeria to the final confrontation with Thulsa Doom. Here, we're watching mostly second-rate actors going through the motions with a paint-by-numbers script designed primarily to keep special effects technicians employed. Robert E. Howard was a pulp writer. Even he would have scorned this kind of shoddy treatment. I mean, bang on. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty good review. Um, yeah. Berardinelli and realviews.net, which I think is just like his website. Um, I, you know, I generally don't like put much stock in what he writes, but I don't know. This is like the perfect movie for him to review though. So <laughs> okay, I'll allow it this time. Well, with that backhanded compliment out of the way, let's uh, move on to what we hate about this movie. <laughs> we, haven't already, yeah. we haven't already exhausted ourselves at this point. No. Um, I guess the the best way we can sum this up is like when I first watched it the other night, I texted you two minutes into like logging in. I'm like, I literally typed in, I'm two minutes in and I'm already bored. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, given the first two minutes as well, um, after Morgan yep. Freeman's narration, we get like just this very uninspiring battle sequence where s- some Sumerians are fighting some random assholes. And then like Conan is born through like a, a, a C-section during the middle of battle. It's just, I mean, that, that canonically is his birth, I believe really? um, in, in most, in most versions, he's, he's literally born on a battlefield. So like he, he knows battle from birth is the idea. Um, but like, I, I don't, I, I think his mother dies giving birth to him for some reason or, or another. I forget if it's specifically because it was like a ad hoc C-section. Um, but yeah, like at, at least that gets points for accuracy, but like the depiction was very, uh, weirdly muted for being such a gory thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's like kind of the whole movie honestly yeah and i think it's a it's a product of the editing and a product of the script honestly Mm -hmm. it's just poorly structured in terms of you know the script itself and then i mean they just don't know how to edit any single fight scene um either it's like too fast or sometimes they even like they like hold a shot for too long and things start looking goofy um, and yes. we can talk about this later. There's just like the, the, the fight scene on the, on the, um, the pirate ship is just like, I don't know. It's just like, I laughed the whole time throughout that scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, this movie, like, I mean, I think I had texted you after I watched it about a week ago that I, I couldn't remember a single thing after I like stopped watching it. It like literally gave me amnesia. So, I mean, I don't, that doesn't happen yeah. often, but this film utterly forgettable even with um the crappy films that we watch for this show i i I generally dislike pausing a movie in like for for any length of time um i mean like going to the restroom's fine but like more than five minutes and and picking up again i I really dislike doing that and i try to avoid it um i did that constantly during this movie I think I just watched this one without distraction because I just wanted to be over and but it was quick though like it's a two-hour movie but after the first hour, I was surprised that it, an hour had elapsed. Yeah, that we we can give it that. I guess like a lot of crappy movies feel interminable, but this this just like flew by. Yeah, yeah. 
It's light. It's airy. Um, it's substanceless. Yep. It's <laughs> weightless. It's pointless. It's <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and like to getting back to that opening, like the the very first intro, narr- like introductory narration from Freeman, um, the exposition where like we're introduced to the kingdoms and the in the curse and the in the in the artifact and like the the threat of like the the demons will come back it's like i was already overloaded and yeah i i couldn't i couldn't even follow it as it was going it was, it was so boring it, it looked like a bad game of thrones knockoff um yeah i don't know you, you you can do opening exposition in a fantasy movie well like lord of the rings um and do it effectively but like you can also do it really poorly mm-hmm. yeah no this is a master class in doing it poorly that's for sure um, and funny you mentioned Dan- Game of Thrones because I think Momoa is in Game of Thrones like right after this, like the year after this, or perhaps mm. even the same year. He's he's yep. called Drogo. Um, yep. I just I I'm not sure how he got work after this film. However, um, well he's he's not bad in this movie. He's he's not great, but like he's serviceable for sure. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, but I don't know. It's just he he doesn't carry the film either right like no, 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 no. he doesn't make it any better for being in it um yep and like that's a, good, that's a very good summation his character is the the titular character of this movie yes and it'd be, he'd be fine if he wasn't in it as well like it yep. it just wouldn't it doesn't make a difference no character makes any yep. difference in this movie <laughs> No, um, Rose McGowan comes close just because she's so fucking weird. Yeah, she's really weird. <laughs> she's so weird. Uh, I guess we can just jump right into the plot. So, like, we get some vague bullshit exposition about a curse. And the then mask of Asheron, right? Isn't that like the yeah. curse is, is evolving some mask that can, I don't know, can control the world or some bullshit? I think if someone wears a mask, they... I don't even know. I, I was going to say they can bring the dead back to life because Stephen Lang wants to bring his wife back from the dead. Right. Yeah. But I, I don't even know. It's just like unlimited think... power, yada, yada, something like that. Sure. Um, and then from there, smash cut to Conan being born on the battlefield. Um, his mother dies giving birth to him, but his dad survives the battle. His dad is Ron Perlman. Um, infamous uh, Pete Buttigieg yes. supporter of Ron Perlman. <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck you, buddy. You broke my heart. Um, he tweets about him constantly. That's like all he tweets about. He tweets like ten times a day, if not more, and it's about Pete Buttigieg every time. That's insane. Like he at least, dude, at least go for Klobuchar, right? Come on, that would be the, the barbarians uh, candidate, <laughs> the, the violent barbarians candidate. Klobuchar, the barbarian. She doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't wield the sword that her she made with her father. She just wields a stapler. Clo barbarian, nice. Clark club clubarian. Um, so yeah, then we then we do another time skip to when Conan is a kid, um, and the kid's actually a pretty decent child actor. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his What's his face? Leo, Leo Howard. Howard. Yeah. Oh, maybe he's a Howard descendant. Oh, I didn't even think about that. It's possible. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. He's he's like what, thirteen, fourteen, something like that. He's pretty young. I think he's yeah. like a, a martial artist, like in real life. That's why they chose that, him, and he does. You know, he has this totally his scene because he has cool action scene. Probably the only good action scene in the movie. Certainly the best one. Yeah. Mm. 
um, his, so Conan's dad is like, oh, all the young men of our tribe go go learn and run around and become men. And uh, this was kind of neat. Like they have to take like a quail egg and keep it in their mouth, um, and they have to run around the mountain and bring it back without breaking the egg. Right. Yeah. That, that was that was fun. It was it was very like it fit the mood well. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Definitely. Or the the mood they wanted. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the town itself too. Like it was cool. It looked cool. You know. Kudos yeah, like to the set designer. Settlement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Um, we just spend too much time in the town is the problem like we just yes the whole that whole scene is way too long um by far like we you know in the original film not to just compare this to the original film constantly but original film we see the village for a few minutes we get it we understand like oh yeah conan's dad and mom made the sword and uh yeah they're a warring you know tribe blah 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 here comes some other guys to kill them and then you know conan becomes a slave and this one right it's like yeah here's this these guys who they they want this piece of this mask that the sumerians have and and we're gonna spend like almost half hour in this stupid fucking village yeah and ron perlman's gonna teach you lessons that you can use later in the film and i think the this kind of like encapsulates the problem with this movie like they try to humanize conan and like they they try to we try to like oh the conan's origin we get to know him we get to know his like father and like the relationship he had with his father and how he cared about his village and shit when that shit does not matter with a character as ridiculous and cartoony as conan the barbarian like in in the milius movie um 10 minutes in the scene he's taken as a slave and then we get like five minutes of him pushing this wheel in oh, like, yeah, yeah, as yeah. a slave that's right and that's so cool that that's so like mythic and um he has to push this wheel and then it just cuts to him in, in a series of cuts like pushing through the snow and pushing through the heat and the rain um and then when like he like the camera pans away for a second and when it comes back he's adults Arnold, like arnold schwarzenegger so like that's all the backstory that we need and it's wordless and it's great right mm-hmm. yeah no, I mean, this movie, I was expecting something, like, something that gets yeah, us too. from, like, young Conan to, I don't know, like, 20-something Conan, but it's just, like, a cut. It's one cut, and it's just, like, Conan yeah. on horseback later with yep. his with his pirate buddy, and, and that's it. Like, it's just like, oh, okay, what happened in the intervening years? Um, could you explain something for us, please? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 dumb. Um, and the other important thing that happens when he's a kid is his father, his whole village is wiped out and his father's killed um, by Stephen Lang and his um, possessed demon child, uh, Rose McGowan. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even, I can't even say that, um, like her name. Was it, was it Marie, Mar- like it's M-A-R-I-Q-U-E. I don't, I don't remember how Mystique. it's pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mar- Marie, Marie, uh, I don't know. Whatever. I don't, I Rose just McGowan, whatever. Rose McGowan, who cares? Um, but yeah, the um, they're they're on a quest to reassemble this mask, um, because Lang's wife and Rose McGowan's mother uh, died, and she was a powerful witch. And I think the idea is like, okay, so yeah, this this is the plot. We can figure this out because they have the mask, um, but they they can't use it. They want to resurrect um, the mother so she can use it. Right. Right. Um. And then not only do they need the mask, but they also need someone who is a pure blood. 
Um, I don't remember what that means. Oh, um, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a descendant of the like mages of Asheron who built the mask or who who crafted the the mask. The the pure blood descendant will become the vessel who will become possessed and and turn into, uh, the mother. Yeah. Yeah. Maliva, I think is her name or something like that. Who who, who gives a shit? Who knows? All the names are dumb. Um, so yeah, that happens. Um, Conan escapes, uh, and this is actually interesting. I'm not a huge Game of Thrones, uh, Thrones, uh, like I don't know a lot about it, and I, like I haven't really watched it that much. But I do know, um, Cal Drogo, the Momoa character, he kills another character in the same way that his dad dies in this movie. Oh yeah, the molten. It's molten gold. He pulled in in, uh, in Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones yeah, yeah, he. Yeah, but like I thought that was just kind of weirdly prescient and like <laughs> yeah that is strange. like in connective tissue how right that's how ron perlman does right yeah it's him it's like molten steel or iron or i don't know metal of some kind i think steel to it's like to connect it oh the sword that he he used to work with steel and whatever right right and that's how he dies mm-hmm. too so yeah smash cut to conan being like a young man he's like in his 20s or something um he's the leader of a pirate barbarian raiding crew and um when we first meet them they kill a bunch of slavers and free the slaves um which is cool like it's it's good that he he's a good person i guess like to care about the hero but it's not a very conan thing to do like conan wouldn't care that much ah gotcha okay he he conan conan doesn't like the literary conan anyway um i think his perspective would be like if it's in my way like i'll free a slave and like i I won't keep anyone in bondage but he certainly wouldn't go out of his way to save anyone either gotcha well you know neither would conan o'brien so you know we're good (laughs) (laughs) yes um yeah, but then, like, so, yeah, also the slavers are very much, like, Arabs. Like, it's very... <laughs> they have, like, the like the turbans and, and other headgear and, like, curved swords, scimitars and shit they like have, that. Yeah, they they have scimitars and falchions and, like, they're fighting off against, like, the, the white ubermensch Conan with his, his long straight sword. It's like... Uh, I, I guess Conan's... Um, his first mate buddy is, is a black guy, so, like, it's kind of more... He, it's not like an outright like nazi imagery right right yeah um artis his uh his pirate friend right yeah right but then like the slaves are white like like the majority of the slaves are white yes like white women yes. at that like naked white women <laughs> it's yeah yeah we get there's a lot of um topless women in this movie mm-hmm. um and I, I guess i'll give it points because like it, it, it isn't gratuitous it's just like in the background it, it doesn't really focus on them right yeah the next sequence uh specifically when they're at like a bar and uh artis his pirate buddy uh is uh, well conan and artis are, are arm wrestling and like there's just like naked women all around them <laughs> yeah it reminded me a lot of um frank franzetta paintings um yes he's the guy those... who drew the original conan paintings right on uh, not the original but like because because he um he was working on like the 70s oh okay. um but like 70s very lush lush realistic revival paintings of conan um kind of similar to what alex ross does for superheroes gotcha. he did for conan okay cool yeah yeah that scene yeah it's similarly lit um yeah 
Yeah. I can see that. And Dim, I was just doing some research here. Uh, Frank Franzetta's um, famous painting, Conan the Destroyer, um, which we can include a link to in the in the description. Uh, it was sold for one and a half million dollars. Damn. In 2010. It's just some stupid nerd. Crazy. That's amazing. <laughs> Crazy, super uber nerd. Jesus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Conan, so he frees some slaves, mostly white women, who then he has sex with. Um, we, we don't see that, um, but it's it's heavily implied. It's implied. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and then, so the people who killed his father, Stephen Lang, and some other just it, nondescript, I mean, they're sort of descript, like they're all kind of like different, but they're all super boring. Like the one guy whose nose he chops off, there's like these two... A humanoid guys there's like one lady with a, a bow and arrow um there's a guy who's like literally an orc yeah there's there's the orc guy um conan sees the guy whose nose he cut off he sees him in this bar and uh he gets arrested by him so then he can like figure out oh who's this mysterious man who i know you know killed my father yada yada yeah, he does the plan that the Joker does in the Dark Knight, like basically <laughs> like get captured <laughs> deliberately. <laughs> yeah. Um and he, he gets dragged back to a slave pit and he makes a friend along the way, some thief with a with an eye patch. And um The good Arab the out. only good Arab in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the token good Arab. Um of course he breaks out and he starts slaughtering guards and um he interrogates the noseless general. And he finds out where to find Stephen Lang, and then um, this was kind of this was kind of like cool and suitably brutal. He promises the general not that he won't kill him if the general gives him the information. And once the general gives gives him the information, um, Conan forces um, like the key to the slave restraints down his throat and, ma- and forces him to swallow it by like pouring beer down his throat. And then he pushes him into a crowd of slaves. And he's like, that guy swallowed your key. It's it's literally in his stomach. Yeah. Here's a knife. And he, he walks away. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it was really metal. It was uh, it, yeah, it was kind of like something out of the Saw movies, more or less. Yeah, it was like the Saw um, aesthetic for Conan. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the same um, uh, distribution production company, Lionsgate. I think they did the Saw movies as well. Yeah, we can... Um, and they did, I mean, they do a lot of um, Zack Snyder stuff. Like, this is like, this is kind of like the quintessential, like, Lionsgate film. Like, a somewhat low-budget, like, graphically violent, but very stupid movie. In, like, a really tone-deaf contemporary update of a property that they bought, like, a million years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they do the Saw movies and, and Hostel and shit like that. That's right. They do Hostel as well. I forgot about that. And the Twilight Saga. Oh, wow. Okay. And Step Up. And Step Up. Damn. Yes. What a weird company. So, yeah, they they Conan makes a friend in the Thief, and he finds out that's Stephen Lang. He finds his location. Oh, God. Some other bullshit goes on with the, the pure-blood mage woman. Um, oh yeah, uh, the girlfriend Tamara. character Tamara. I don't yeah. know how to say her name. Uh, Rachel Nichols character. Yeah, it's it's so boring. She she had been raised in a convent, and Stephen Lang and his army attack the convent because they're trying to find a pure blood. Um, and Stephen Lang's daughter has grown up to be like this psychotic, bloodborne character who can smell <laughs> blood. Um, 
She's cool. and she has like claws on her hands. Yeah, those are dope. Like metal claws on her hands. Yeah. Uh, and most of the the convent is slaughtered, but Tamara had escaped on a like a horseback or a carriage. Yeah, yeah. The carriage also had like the the mask of Asheron like insignia on it. I don't I don't know what that was all about. I was like, isn't that the bad yes. guys insignia? I don't, whatever. I mean, I guess because it's like the, they are connected to the pure bloods, the Asheron lineage. I don't know. I didn't. It was whatever. It was dumb. Maybe it's like how the Pope's signal, uh, his symbol is the the standard cross upside down, and that was adopted by Satanists. Oh. So like, maybe an inverted or modified version of the mask is the proper is the symbol of the of the monks and everything wow this i put uh, way more thought yeah. into this mm-hmm. as you i didn't want to say it because we say it in every one of these episodes but <laughs> as usual we put way more thought into these movies the, the storylines of these movies <laughs> than the, the writers do uh yeah there's like one cool um little beat of the um the chase because the stephen lang's uh his, his his character's name is kalar zim the dumbest fucking name um but his uh, his baddies they uh, they chase down uh, Tamara, and there's only one cool bit here where um, her guards um, they're like kind of Asian monks with um, with bone arrows. Like there, this one guy is in his saddle on his horseback, and then like he he flips himself around in the saddle, yeah. and then shoots the bow. Yeah. That was pretty cool. It was cool. It was like a Legolas thing. I'm sure Legolas has done that in the Two Towers. Um, but yeah, so Conan saves Tamara and the only enemy left alive, um, after a pretty boring chase scene, besides what you just described is, um, one of, one of Kalar Zim. Yeah. Kalar yeah Zim. I forget it. Yeah. Okay, yes. One of Kalar Zim's generals. Yeah. Remo. Um, yeah. Remo. Who's like a, an orc man, basically. Yeah. There's like two orc men. Um, there's him. And then there's the one who's like, uh, later in the, the monster pit. Right, right. Um, so yeah, that. So Conan has a, like a, a hostage and a prisoner, and he's like, he he finds out where Stephen Lang is holed up, and then we cut to one of the one of the more uncomfortable scenes where um, Rose McGowan is trying to come on to her father, Stephen Lang. Yeah, no, it's incredible. Um, um, I was reading like about that choice, and I think like yeah. Um, Stephen Lang and Rose McGowan, after doing like line readings with each other, they they were like, "How about we just make it like an incest thing?" And it's like, "Why, guys? Why was that necessary? It wasn't in the actual like script. They just like they came to that conclusion themselves." That's that's as galaxy brained as I would expect. Um, I guess like if they wanted to explore that angle, that would be fertile ground um, for the character because the. Marik clearly has like an inferior inferiority complex about her mother and Stephen Lang is so obsessed with with finding his dead wife so like there's some interest if they wanted to go that angle they could right um it just like comes out of nowhere and it it goes nowhere yeah Mm -hmm. no because like she even looks like her mom like we only see her mom in the flashback for two seconds and she has like this weird gigantic forehead and like this weird pushback hair and and then uh Rose McGowan's character looks basically identical when when she grows up. Um, so like, yeah, I get it, but I don't know. It just it's not smart. Just like the rest of this movie, yeah. it's not smart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Conan kills Remo in a cool way. He stuffs a message into his mouth and he shoots a catapult at Stephen Lang's um, mobile boat that is pulled by elephants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which was a neat, a neat base, yeah, I guess. Yeah, kind of cool. Uh, but before that, when Conan is fighting Remo, is one of the the more interesting little um, choices that perhaps Jason Momoa made during a fight. Um, he has his sword, and this is after the the chase sequence, the horseback chase sequence. He kills a few people because he catches up to them, um, and then he's fighting um, just on foot with with Remo, and uh, he realizes you know this Remo guy was there when his dad died. He takes his sword and like the broadside of the sword has blood on it, and like he wipes the blood like on his forehead and nose. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, damn, that's cool. That's something Conan would do. That's pretty hell, yeah. And that's then that's, that's the only yeah. cool thing that Conan does the rest of this movie. <laughs> but yeah, bringing us back up to speed to the plot, um, the message that was in Rima's mouth was like, "Oh, come meet me here. I'll give you the pure blood, woman." Oh, and, and Remo um, and this, drops into uh, their base, and he drops right onto Stephen Lang's bed, which he shares with his, his daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the incest thing wasn't even subtle. It's like literally they're sharing no. a bed at this point when a man just, you know, crashes through their ceiling. <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was good. Um, the fight scene that's set up at the meeting place that Conan picks is kind of cool um i like how of, of course it's all it's a setup on both sides um conan has tamara tied up pretending to be tied up and stephen lang and rose mcgowan come with no intention of actually dealing trading with conan um so conan starts to fight them but rose mcgowan summons like sand ninjas yeah they were cool like sand sand ninja golems yeah and they um i thought that was cool they kind of like burst out of the sand as if like they're jet propelled and that was like this is a pretty cool yeah. effect and there's like a lot of scaffolding and they're jumping around and um yeah. it's not a well choreographed fight because like the editing nope. kills any choreography unfortunately um it you know it like it, it might have been a well choreographed fight until like the editor got a hold of it it's possible yeah like the momo is a good physical actor in addition to being like a good actor actor and um and there's like good like actions within the action yeah. scene it's just incompetently captured on film mm -hmm. yeah exactly um but the golems look cool i mean sometimes they're cgi yeah. sometimes they're people in costumes um sometimes they're kind of a mixture of that and there's um you know obviously motion capture involved i would i would imagine and they felt pretty unique like sand enemies are certainly not like they're not rare in in um in fantasy or sci-fi like think of spider-man 3 with sandman oh. um but these guys they felt pretty unique like they were kind of intangible and like they were hard to defeat but you could defeat them if you like you just kept at it like they felt they felt like an appropriate threat yeah i mean like they would they would fall apart and then like another one would rise but it did feel like if there was like if this was a video game there would be like a counter in the corner of the screen like <laughs> saying like you have three yes. more like it's it did seem like it was like it was finite yep it feels like a like a prince of persia <laughs> honestly yeah yeah aren't those those guys made of sand or are they zombies i can't remember i've never played prince of persia just it felt like that i like i know the series yeah, yeah I've, I've played some of them they're fine i mean you know they're not like yeah. the, the 
you don't play those games for the fighting sequences. I can tell you that. Um, but mm. it's they're fun. You games. play you play the you play those games so you can become a huge fan of the franchise and then watch the movie oh, with Dick John Hall. Hell yeah! <laughs> we'll have to Coming soon, soon to a podcast near you, folks. <laughs> Uh, what else happens after this shit? They escape, um, because Conan gets poisoned briefly, and they jump off the cliff into the water and swim to the pirate ship. Oh, yeah, that was also funny, because, like, there is an establishing shot that sets up that this meeting place is on the side of a cliff next to the ocean, but... I had forgotten by the time. Yes, exactly, like, I totally forgot! And then, like, they just have this random shot of, like, the pirate ship, and I'm like, dude, do we forget what, what, what happened here? No. No, you know what it is? It doesn't, sh- it doesn't, the first shot isn't the pirate ship. The first shot is the first mate guy. Oh, yeah. Artist or whatever. That's He's like, right. jump for it, you That's idiot, right. jump. And I'm like, what? Where is it coming Where? from? Yeah. And then we get, like, okay. Yeah, really, if it was the other, if it was just, if it was switched, if they just put the ship first and then That's him so yelling, dumb. it might have made sense. Yeah, so they they escape in the ship, and like Tamara becomes a badass girl who can fight with a sword, and that proves that she's worthy of Conan. Also, um, like throughout this movie, like he literally just like calls her like a whore, and like, "Hey, woman, get here!" and like crazy shit like that. Like they were like, you know what? This is 2011, and th- this is what Conan would do. You know, he would he would just call yep. these women whores. So yeah, maybe he might not actually free slaves in the books, but in the books, he's a misogynist. So we're gonna keep that in folks. <laughs> actually, in the stories, he he's certainly patriarchal. Like that, that's beyond dispute. But like. He does have like he he does behave honorably towards women and children. Wow. Okay. Um. He, so they he just cer- added he that here. They were like, you know what, Momoa, we want you to say terrible things to this lady. Yeah. No. That that and that's actually interesting because like um th- this is an interesting thing in like in fantasy and that I do see in Game of Thrones like like normies who talk about Game of Thrones right um because like here specifically with with Conan um in the in the literature again he he's not like a champion of, of like the the oppressed but he conan he the male feminist <laughs> conan the ally <laughs> um yeah so he, he's certainly not like a champion of the oppressed he's not like a knightly figure but he um he, he's decent to people to people he considers weaker than himself which which are women and children um but like the the new metal um reboot like just goes like oh of course a barbarian would like love to fuck women no matter what they say and just like call them names and and just lord lord his strength over them so like it's almost like they leverage that pseudo historical knowledge as an excuse just to be sexist yeah it's really Um, strange like the first time that happens where he like he's like yeah you're my property get over here woman i was like is this is the choice that we're going for like i mean arnold doesn't even say half this stuff in the original movies (laughs) Yeah, and and like if if that's a if that's a character that you're writing, that's okay. Like like do it if it's appropriate and like make it a mature story or whatever. But like that certainly isn't Conan. And and if this this movie was like angling as a more faithful adaptation or whatever, it like it failed on that merit. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's just like this pseudo like 
pseudo historical knowledge it's like a reddit bro on like our history yeah like just like it's like oh well of course women were property and and always raped every day back in the day like so it it would be historically inaccurate to pretend otherwise right and it's like a fucking fantasy series come on right right yeah it's like when quentin tarantino's like of course my characters have to say the n-word a thousand times in this movie it takes place in the antebellum south specifically my character has to say the (laughs) (laughs) n-word Because I'm the evil bounty hunter. <laughs> oh, you gotta love him. Yeah, so... So, yeah, it, it just, like... I know, like, great rev- great revelation here. Like, fantasy is often an outlet for, like, unsavory tendencies. Like, no, no shit. But, like, it's just always interesting when um, the excuse for that is, like, pseudo-historical um, fidelity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know what? Like, we, we might even be giving the screenwriters like too much credit here honestly like i no i i I, I, they probably like have some vague you know like recollections of the original conan films and they're like oh yeah he calls women whores that one time we'll just do it that like 50 times instead of once i don't know i think you're giving the screenwriters too much credit (laughs) thinking that they read the stories (laughs) yeah there's no way i i honestly just think they thought in their mind barbarian in like a medieval time oh of course he would he would treat women like crap of yeah course. yeah he's he's no uh hagar the horrible that's for sure <laughs> who had a uh fiery passionate often argumentative but still loving relationship with his wife yeah or he's not um what's the french one asterisk or whatever the one who's like just super racist and like just beats up arabs all the time <laughs> Jesus, I don't like it. Well, that's just French people. Yeah, it's just French people. <laughs> no, but it's like it's like a it's like a super popular French comic and like he's a Gaul, the character. Um and he just like beats the shit out of Arabs like every other issue. Or it's a comic. It's like a it's, newspaper it's, strip. It's asterisk. Yeah. Asterisk. Yeah, asterisk. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, if if you want to talk about weirdo like comic strip barbarian characters like the B, the BC comics, the cavemen um do you remember that it, it was just like bc it was like just a bunch of cavemen they would like write on tablets and shit not really no was that in like the, so just it, the sunday funnies yeah it's it just like oh these cavemen living in living in the old days just like oh isn't this funny it's kind of like a flintstones thing like they they write letters to each other on, on like slate like tablets or whatever but the the creator of of bc became an evangelical christian like halfway through the strips run amazing and like the the feel this is so fucking crazy because like he would start like writing like he would start trying to do evangelism in this comic strip. oh my god <laughs> and like some of them like the like the easter sunday strip specifically like had like the cross and like cavemen worshiping it which if you think of that is wild right because like <laughs> yeah. it's literally it's literally called bc before christ holy shit and it's like cavemen that lived with like woolly mammoths and they, 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 they presaged Christ. Like, even if you take that like yeah. pseudo historical fantasy oh into account, and, like it's, it's wild. Um, the world of the Sunday funnies is, is a strange one. Well, and then there's also Cerebus, the aardvark, like he's oh a barbarian. Right. And then that guy like yep. went insane as well. That guy went absolutely batshit. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Dave Sim. Yeah. Like, Dave Sim, yep. I mean, he became he became like evangelical, right? I think he did, yeah. Or like libertarian, I don't know, like some some nexus of that crazy bullshit. But 
Yeah, it's, it just went from like a yeah, this weird little aardvark guy who like is a barbarian, and then he he becomes I think like pope, and then I think he's like a detective at one point, and then it was just like anti like SJW shit more or less. Yeah, just like raging against political correctness stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, if if you if we go back to the source, we think about Howard himself. He was. Um, certainly racist in, in his in his stories and like classifying the subgroups of humans that conan would run into like assigning them real world modern day counterparts for ethnic groups um it's it's as uncomfortable as you're imagining it's as it's as racist as you're imagining um all of which is to say if 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 you're going to write barbarians uh you're, you're just probably going to be a racist asshole yeah probably um i can't think of like trying to think of like other comic book barbarians that are interesting and i'm just i'm drawing a blank in this moment so um well i guess you could say like aquaman in some of his iterations when he has the long hair and the hook hand he becomes like a barbarian yeah that's true like at least like a wild man type character yeah and that's that's probably one of the reasons they got um, momoa to do him yeah yeah um what's that um what's that Harry Barbera cartoon? It's not a barbarian per se, but it's like this group of people who live on a planet um and like they have like the that dr- no, they have like that dragon friend <laughs> and they have those two like goop monsters and like the big like ape guy. I have no oh, idea what you're talking man. about. Oh, oh, um you think you're thinking of Space Ghost. No, I'm not thinking of Space Ghost. It's another Hanna Barbera um wait are you thinking are you thinking of the are you thinking of the opening theme song to johnny quest no oh my god i can't (laughs) believe you don't know who this one is uh hannah barbara barbara uh is it kazar it's something like that yes uh ape kazar's a a dc character well that's not that then uh the herculoids okay that's you made that up no it's real so it's like (laughs) it's like this this family of like kind of like um, barbarians but it's in outer space in the future on the planet amzot um <laughs> i love how batshit and stupid um pulp names are oh it's ridiculous um and like this they, looks ins- i've never seen this before you, oh it's 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 wild like they come from a planet the humans come from a planet that like is is like a a um, technological utopia but what happens is um, they create robots with ai that like overthrow human beings so then like they have to escape to another planet so they 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 escape to the planet amzot where there's no technology and there's just like these monsters um uh which i i'm not sure if the herculoids are the monsters or just the creatures themselves i don't i don't i forget where the breakdown is but there's like this giant ape rock monster these two like goopy monsters there's this there's this rhinoceros thing that shoots like blasts of fire out of its horn and there's this dragon mm-hmm. um, and sometimes they they come in contact with like the robots from the other planet um it's just crazy it's a wild show the monsters look pretty cool um yeah, damn. This seems very Hanna Barbera, Barbera like, like um, very, very pulpy, very like kind of Flash Gordon stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, so they're kind of like this Flash Gordon meets like Conan in space type thing. Um, it's probably not worth watching. Like, like all Hanna Barbera, very much not worth watching. <laughs> aged has aged very poorly. <laughs> um, 
But uh, yeah, back to Conan. We have talked about <laughs> other things for longer than we usually do, folks. <laughs> That's how bad this one is, folks. This, this might be bottom five of like movies we've seen for this for the show. Oh, I think so. Yeah, definitely, yeah, certainly. Um, uh, God, what what else happens? Oh, the pirate ship. Um, oh yeah, so we're at the pirate ship scene. Yeah, so this one is like maybe one of the more poorly edited. I think perhaps the yeah. worst of the editing in this film um, and I had alluded yeah. to this earlier like the problem with the scene is that they, just, they hold shots for too long and they hold shots like on scenes of someone like you know like slashing another person with a sword um, and you know you would like cut after like the slash but they cut like a few seconds after the slash and like the actors are yep. almost kind of still at this point and it's just yep. I don't know how like this like this got past the editing room, like without a second or third edit of the scene. I really don't know. Um, and the fight scene itself is pointless. They kill all the enemies, nothing happens. And then we move on. Yeah. And they all just like cheer. They're just like all the other, like, yay, we did it. We killed everybody. Yay. We're alive. Yay. There's that one guy who has like a, a weird, like hooked scimitar weapon. Kind of looks like a question mark mm. almost, a question mark sword. Yeah, that's that's a a um I believe it's called the Shotel, um or a Kotel. It's it's like an Egyptian sword. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, he gets decapitated by his own sword at one point. Yeah, it, it was neat. Um, and he was like one of the guys um, who like also killed Conan's father. That's the problem with yes, this. Like, he, there's the all these characters who were involved in the murder of Conan's father, and like you know one by one they are taken out in this movie but like it never matters it never like it has never has any weight to it there's no like an emotional heft it's just like oh that guy's dead now that guy's dead now we never knew their names they don't matter who cares yeah they they set up these like mini bosses for conan to go through and they're completely without a personality and um or, or any distinction whatsoever um so when one dies it's just like oh okay that one's dead now yeah. like he kills the woman with a uh, bow and arrow who like she she wounds his father first in the battle. Like she shoots his father yes. in the back. And in this pirate scene, he throws a spear at her and she just like falls off the ship and dies. And that's it. Like, yep. wait, what? Like the woman who like the first person to, you know, probably like land a blow against your father. And like, that's it. Yep. Like that's, that's, that's all we get out of this. Yeah. No. I mean, they could have been the whole movie. Like instead of, you know, chasing down the stupid fucking mask and the stupid fucking pure blood, it could have just been like Conan getting revenge on people. Like just like traipsing throughout the world and just like getting revenge. I know we do this all the time. Where we're like, this is a better movie and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, you know. Uh, but this one's like obvious. Yeah, this one's just obvious. I guess after the pirate ship battle, Conan leaves the pirates because he wants to go find Stephen Lang again and kill him for real this time. Right. Yeah. Which is really, yeah, that's it. We get the first um, sex scene. He, the only yeah, sex he, scene. He brings Tam yeah, Tamara, Tamara leaves with him and they have sex. Um, And then she leaves the next morning. I don't know why. I don't know why either. She just leaves. She's like, oh, thank you. And she kisses him while he's still sleeping. Um, And then she gets captured immediately, of course. Yeah. Um, Conan chases after her, but he isn't able to catch her. Um, He picks up the eyepatch thief f from where the fuck ever city city number yeah, four like thieve city like he goes to the guy he goes yeah. to this one guy the first guy he meets he's like hey i'm looking for this badass thief guy and the guy's like oh this is a city of thieves Whoa. yeah and then conan grabs his balls yeah that's right 
to like he's like okay cut the bullshit give show, bring me to your boss or whatever yeah yeah so i sheath helps him break into Stephen lang's castle yes um which is really dumb because after they get through the castle they get to the top like the top floor and they see Stephen Lang and Rose McGowan leaving with Tamara captured. Yeah, they're going to like this. So there's no yeah, point. There's absolutely no point. And they're going to this like uh, this like skull cave. Like it's it just is like a giant skull face. Why not just have the, why not just have him go to the skull right. cave immediately? Right. Why don't right. I have to go through exactly? The, like there's no point. I will I will I will say the fight scene in the dungeons of the castle is pretty cool. Um, Conan and the thief swim underwater, and then when they when they surface in the chamber, it's like this chamber that's like filled with chains and um one of the mini boss generals is there and um in the water underneath them is like a tentacle monster um that starts killing like everybody it kills like slaves that are captured it kills um guards that run out to kill conan um and eventually it does kill the mini boss general right yeah yeah mm-hmm. it, it was neat like it, the cg it was super cgi heavy um because there are like like 15 tentacles like slashing around everywhere um but it was like a cool use of the set that they put together, like this, um, like graded floor that that the tentacles can reach through, and like the the chains and the in the cages of the prisoners there. Um, it was somewhat inventive, I thought. Mm-hmm. No, I think so. Um, and like it should be said that a lot of the sets are cool and like well constructed, and they are constructed yeah. like they're very much, um made by human beings uh with tools uh like physical tools and hands in hand, and hands <laughs> uh you know uh hammers and nails and and, and you know uh not the ephemera of cgi uh, although there's got to be a ton anyway um i don't think this film is all the establishing shots yeah, are all CGI. the establishing shots this film's not big on matte paintings like it's really just all establishing cgi matte paintings in in the form of cgi um and that's and that and that's where like kind of the weightlessness comes through again. You know, there's weightlessness in most of the fight sequences. There's weightlessness in these establishing shots. There's weightlessness in just the world in general. Like it, it just it never seems real. It seems like a like a kind of like a windows like you know wallpaper um, that like I would have thought was cool when I was twelve, um, but <laughs> yes. you know not now. Yeah, it's uh, it's really weightless. Um, and and they're all shot the same way. All the establishing shots, like it's literally the same, like view just of a different CGI castle or whatever. Yeah, um, I will say Conan does have cool armor in this sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like this uh, um, scalloping the... leather armor. Yeah, it's pr- it's pretty badass. And um, when he does confront Stephen Lang and save um Tamara he he picks up his dad's sword and it's it's the sword is cool it has like a crescent moon as the um as like the cross guard yes mm-hmm. yeah it has this the skull head um very similar to the original uh Conan uh sword um but you know even like the the scene in which they they um forge the sword in this film um, pales in comparison to the the Arnold film. Like the Arnold film, some of the first shots are them forging the sword. It's it's a it's a dialogueless scene. Um, it's just like these like you know perfectly 
chosen images of this sword being forged. And in this one, like, there's this dumb fucking, like, just dialogue that, you know, Ron Perlman explains, like, oh, you know, what's important, fire or ice? Uh, it's both, actually. That's You need both to make a good sword. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that was a really clunky way to try to update the Riddle of Steel for from the first Conan. Right, he even says something like the mystery of steel. <laughs> yeah, which is whatever. Um, I guess the fight scene is is interesting. Uh, it just, again, shot really poorly, um, the final fight between Stephen Lang and Conan. Um, because Tala, not Tala, Tamara is tied to um, this giant wheel. And yeah. it falls when Conan tries to save her, and it falls down a pit. But then it get the the spokes of the wheel that extend beyond the wheel catch it at the bottom of the pit before it can like fall into the lava very far below, and then they fight on top of that wheel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like this very enclosed space. The the it can like kind of spin on its spokes, um, and yeah, um, yeah, clever. I mean, it's like this whole film has like these really clever ideas, uh, poorly executed. Um, yeah. Really, I mean, like the final confrontation is is the worst part of this film, I would say, because um, it it calls back to this um this scene from the beginning of the movie where uh, Ron Perlman is is talking about fire and ice, and he's uh, he's uh, he's practice he's doing sword practice with young Conan, and they're on a a, a lake that is frozen over. And uh, he like he hits a sword into the ice and and breaks it apart and uh, makes young Conan fall into the the uh, the water. And in uh, yeah. the scene in which uh, Stephen Lang is on a bridge and Conan is on the other side of the bridge, uh, Conan stabs his sword into the bridge and like pulls up some of the planks and it it falls down and Stephen Lang dies. Um, and it's like I you know I. I barely remembered that scene from two hours ago. I didn't even recognize that that's what they were doing <laughs> until you just said that. I didn't even pick up on that. I was so totally checked out at this point. Yeah. No, it was It was just like such a silly and I'm normally a sucker. Callback. I'm normally a sucker for shit like that. Yeah. So yeah, Conan kills Stephen Lang. Oh, and um, Tamara kills Rose McGowan, who dies like a punk immediately. Yeah, that's the best part of this fail son character, this or this fail daughter character, I should say. Like she's all yeah. like badass. She has these cool like talent claw things on her fingers. She's like she kills people throughout the movie, but they're usually people like who are already like their their prisoners or their captives. Yeah. Um and then like yeah, this is the first time she has to like actually fight somebody and I, I'm not sure or actually she she does beat Tamara, but then as she's about to kill Tamara, Conan runs in and kills her immediately. Right, yeah. He like kind of just like body checks her and, and she uh gets impaled. Like she falls down a few stories and gets impaled. But he cuts off her hand first. That's right, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so that And then it ends. Yeah, that is really the end of this movie at this point. Um It's just I guess it's like what did Conan just rides into the sunset? I don't even remember what happens. Like, does it, Tamara Tam- stay Tamara with leaves. him? She leaves. I don't even remember. No, she leaves. Well, I think Conan brings her back to. I don't even know where he brings her to some city, and she's like, "Thank you for bringing me home." He's like, "Yeah." Blah, 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 blah. 
Yeah. That's I, oh, That's we it. did forget hey, the best part of dialogue in this movie that Conan utters. Um, it's at the campfire um, after he fights that Remo guy, but before he kills Remo, um, when he has Remo just tied up still. And he also has Tamara tied up because like, he doesn't know what to do with her yet. This is when he's like, you're my property woman. Um, they're, yeah. they're just having a conversation. And he says, he says, I live, I love, I slay, I'm content. <laughs> there was such dumb guy energy. Like some dumb guy thought that was awesome. I live, laugh, love, slay. <laughs> that is the live, laugh, love of the Conan um, universe. Yeah. Incredible. Um, that's really, though, one of the only lines of dialogue I can remember. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it just ends. I guess Conan goes back to the place he was born and he confirms that the sword he got is his father's because he holds it against the um, the mold that his father had made it from. And then he holds the sword up in the air and we zoom in on the sword and then that's it. Oh, he and does it a few times in the movie where he holds up a sword. Like sometimes he holds up his, yeah. just like his just, you know, very boring looking broad sword and then like he'll hold up yep. his father's sword, which is, you know, the the quintessential Conan sword from the original movie. Um, but it's just like, it never, it's just usually meaningless. It never has any like significance to it. Yeah. No, it's, they try to establish that it's like his move or whatever, but it's, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. I guess I will say the final location for the final fight. It reminds me of the catacombs of Carthus and the profane capital from dark souls three. Oh shit. Yeah, it does actually. A lot, like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And seeing as this came out several years before Dark Souls 3, we can only uh, assume that Hidetaka Miyazaki uh, ripped off Conan 20. Oh, of course. I'm sure he loves this film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, who do we have for Workers of Note? Uh, Very few people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do have like weapons masters, um, Stefan Rezloki, um, weapons master, Atanas, Apostolov, Assistant Weapons Master, and Raicho Vesilev, um, stunt performer, uncredited. Yeah, um, I think this film, like, was um, in part shot in, like, I don't know, some, like, Eastern European nation. Oh, yeah, it <laughs> totally seems like that. <laughs> um, as a tax write-off for somebody. Yeah. Uh, and that's, like, that's just, they found these guys in a village who like yeah, this guy, these guys are probably just like actual blacksmiths and then this guy was just like some fail son who likes jumping his car over things or something <laughs> um no i mean i think they were in other they've done other stuff like they're talented people um I don't want to belittle their work like you know their weapons are cool and the stunts are good so kudos to these people don't you have an anecdote from one of our friends about um, about movie. the weapons specifically yes yeah. i do so our friend joe um when we were in college the last year of college he did an internship in los angeles um we went to college in boston and um he worked for one of the studios that produced this film I, i'm not sure if it's millennium um which uh is a not a big studio by any means um and he was like a 
studio manager, like one of their physical studios in Los Angeles. Um, but he told me once that in the offices of the studio, there were umbrella stands that just had like prop weapons from this movie specifically. <laughs> so they're just like maces and swords. If I could go back in time and do it all over again, I would I would become a film major at college and I would follow Joe to that internship <laughs> just so I could play with those weapons. Yeah. That would be so cool. Where did you get that sword recently that you tweeted about? Oh, that was my friend Cooper's. Um, he, he just had it stuck in the back of his closet. And I I think it was like his his old roommates. Like it wasn't even his really. Amazing. Friend of the show, Cooper. Shout out to Cooper Cherry. Uh, care of. Yeah, Cooper. Um, yeah, Cooper hosts the podcast. Um, podcast, Care of Cooper Cherry. Yes, shout out. Um, he has a sword. But yeah. <laughs> He has a sword. <laughs> he was. He has a prop sword that I that I grabbed and I did some. I did some awesome poses with. Yeah. And when you visited me last year for my birthday, uh, you did some uh, yes. dope poses with uh, Georgian swords, Georgian daggers, the country of Georgia. Hell yes. Uh, yeah. That was so much fun. <laughs> we we chopped off the heads of so many dandelions. Yes. I got a cool slow motion shot. Uh, it took like <laughs> five attempts. <laughs> Oh god, uh, that's that's where I'm at with but this. But we movie. are so much cooler than this movie, folks. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess for my broke recommendation, um, I can't in good conscience recommend this movie. This movie really was, was really punishing. Uh, so any fans of um, James Wan, James Wan's blockbuster smash hit Aquaman, uh, who want to pretend that this movie is um, about Arthur Curry's um, early ancestor, because they do mention Atlantis. And yeah. um, Momoa looks just like Aquaman because he is Aquaman. So you can just fan fiction it away. Like, go for it. Yeah, man. That's, yep. It, it tracks. Um, our woke recommendation is if you are fans of James Cameron's blockbuster smash hit and uh, the first of many sequels, uh, Avatar <laughs> uh, from yes. 2009, if you're fans of that. Uh, and you want to uh, do something similar to Nick's broke recommendation, uh, which is uh, pretend that uh, the Stephen Lang character is the uh, ancestor of uh, Stephen Lang's character in Avatar, uh, yep. Colonel Miles Quaritch. Um, then, yeah, that's another fan fiction that you can write. Uh, <laughs> he's a villain there. He's a villain here. Uh, he is... His face is weird. I don't know. <laughs> oh, he! I, I did want to mention he does have a cool sword in this movie. Um, it's like a scimitar, but it's it's two swords that are parallel next to each other and they're hinged on the bottom. Yeah. Um, so he can form like a giant pair of scissors, and he can he tries to cut off Conan's head with it a yeah. few times. Yeah. Shout out to our weapons master and assistance weapons master for that. Definitely. Yeah. That was that was that was dope as hell. Um, and you can see where we're going for our bespoke recommendation. Um, fans of Robert Rodriguez's uh, box office, um, not smash hit, uh, <laughs> Grindhouse, Planet Planet Terror. Um, if you want to pretend that Rose McGowan's set character in that movie is the, I guess like like more of a spiritual descendant of her character from this movie because her character from this movie doesn't have kids. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're a fan of Registered Republican, Rose McGowan, <laughs> Jesus, um, <laughs> check this out. Yep, registered Republican and acquaintance of James Gandolfini. Yeah, she's fascinating and just, I mean, generally awful, I think. But, um, 
she's, she's like yeah she equal parts like says dumb shit like um so um the she was in the film jeepers creepers and or one of the films that the direct the director of jeepers creepers made um and he's like a pedophile oh like like convicted pedophile i think it's victor something yeah, victor, victor um, silva salva yeah, like convicted pedophile uh due to child pornography and she was just like oh i don't know much about that story <laughs> and it's like it's not a story it's like that, a thing that happened rose <laughs> And that's cr- that's crazy because like she's been all about the Me Too movement. Right. She was like one of the most visible and prominent actresses to to come out in support of right. that. So like, that's that's pretty disgusting for her to it take this. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, she mostly says dumb shit. Although, um, one of the more redeemable things uh, she's done is uh, during uh, the promotion for this film, 50 Dead Men Walking, that she did with Jim Sturgis um, about a, um, I think like an MI5 agent who went undercover with the IRA. She said that, okay. I imagine, had I grown up in Belfast, I would 100% have been in the IRA. <laughs> She just randomly said that. Yeah, like she, the director had to be like, "That is not something that we support." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she, was she a child actor? I think um, so. Or like she, I, she's been acting for a long time. I don't know. Let's do some uh, some shit here. Oh man, her her first role was in Zeno Man. Man. Amazing, yeah. Uh, amazing. Yes, basically, my point is like, I, I I certainly don't want to give anyone a pass for like batshit statements like that, but like. I, I do feel sympathy for for younger people who like go through the Hollywood ringer. Mm. Um, oh, she was in Rosewood Lane, directed by Victor Salva. She wasn't in the Jeepers Creepers it, films, yeah. but he did um, all three of the Jeepers Creepers films. Yeah, and and she made that comment about him regarding that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's also in a film that we will one day do on this podcast uh brian de palma's the black dahlia people don't like that no <laughs> people don't like that i film. am i am my my film my film knowledge is so fucking weird because like the only things i know about that movie is that it's directed by brian de palma um scarlett johansson's in it you have the poster and i thought it was like this highly regarded like prestige film no people hate it as 32 percent of run tomatoes and it was made for 50 million it made 49 million dollars <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, my my film knowledge is so like idiosyncratic, and it's your it's fault. It's my fault because I had a poster of that on my wall for so long. So you probably thought, "Oh, this movie must be great because Lewis loves it." It is great because Lewis loves She's, it, but it's yeah. critically maligned, <laughs> right? But it's it's also critically maligned, and that's why Lewis. Yeah, loves it. no, exactly. <laughs> I, I didn't even know like anything about it. I just was like, "Oh, Brian De Palma made this film. Uh, it's pretty wild." Uh, there's the Zoot Suit riots yeah. at one point in that movie. Um, because like the two cops who were who were on the Black Dahlia case, like they met during like the Zoot Suit riots in L.A. It's wild. It's a crazy Damn. movie. Well, that sounds good. It certainly sounds better than Conan the Barbarian. Um, and I guess we'll just say we have one movie left for Pulp Month, and it better be better than this. Well, technically, we have two. Um, we have our bonus episode. Um, so if you're listening to this, folks, um, it's because you don't give us money. This is a free episode. Um, but if you would like to listen to a special episode, a special pulp month episode, uh, give us money. It could even be two dollars. Um, yes, on Patreon.com 
slash I don't even know what ours is. I think it's pro underscore con. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do some right now. It's pretty awful research. We um, have to research on ourselves. Sh- <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, it, it's patreon.com slash um, P-R-O underscore C-O-N. Cool. Yeah. So uh, throw two bucks to us. Um, and then you yeah, can, do it. Uh, you can listen to this week's bonus episode and our bonus episode on the second Ewok movie. Um, Hell that we yes. did last year. Much better, much better fantasy yes, film. Much better uh, fantasy film. Um, and actually, we discussed that fantasy film in this uh, this this upcoming bonus episode, uh, where we compare fantasy castles. Uh, <laughs> Yes. That might have given away what this uh, uh, next bonus episode is, but fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, I wonder what it could be. Um, but yeah, so we, we have one more um, regular free episode um, coming out for the end of uh, Pulp Month to close us out. And then we're back to our random grab bag of whatever we feel like watching, for, at least for a little mm. while. Yeah. So um, hopefully Nick and the rest of you keep me to my moratorium on theme months uh because this has more or less been an abomination uh <laughs> okay no 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 Th- this theme month is far and away way better than mobster month was i don't know mobster month at least had godfather part three godfather part three. and i mean like shark tale wasn't terrible okay yeah yeah um, I, I think I'm kind of right enough the high of um, the other movie we just watched for our se- for our secret episode and um, Phantom. Phantom of the Opera, great. Um, the film that we watched for our bonus episode, great. Um, and um, Jury is out on our last episode. Haven't watched that movie yet, but we shall see, folks. I have an inkling, but yeah, we'll see. Me too. Um, so we will see you then. See you then, folks. Thanks for joining us. Thank <laughs> you.